Hey there, this week's thoughts on with WeMove, we wanted to get into the nuts and bolts of the cold exposure we're so passionate about, and we're really fortunate to know Arta Paulins here in London. Now, Arta's one of the first international teachers and instructors trained by Wim Hof, and this really ignited his interest in the power of the breath and led him to explore many more methods and modalities of breathing whilst integrating them all with his work as a yoga teacher and a movement coach in London. And with a background in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and the martial arts, Arta is really becoming a complete uh, resource for breath and cold in London and beyond amongst movement circles so he's a great person to know and he says some really great things and have you registered for the complete human experience if not now this is our inaugural symposium where we will be co-creating with the rewire project who are our mentors uh, that we met over in la and the chE as we're calling it is an immersive experience taking you out of your your comfort zones and into a world of growth and learning to upgrade how you perform in your practice and beyond. Now, this isn't like any retreat, festival or workshop out there. This is a culmination of the wisdom we've learned over the last four years from the world's innovators in movement, health and adventure. So it really is something quite special. Uh, If you are interested, register your interest by clicking the link in the bio on our Instagram or visit our website at wemove.world and click the banner and just jot down a few details there and we will connect with you about how we start the application process. So enjoy. Ayata, with the rise of methods such as XPT and Wim Hof, cold exposure as part of one's training is really rising in popularity. Can you explain the benefits and purpose of cold exposure in reference to both everyday life and training? Hey guys, thanks for inviting me to contribute to WeMove podcast. Really excited about this. Uh, and yeah, I think you're doing an amazing job at the bringing together this area of movement and connecting the dots for the rest of us and this area that I guess for lack of a better word is just called movement and uh, that can be slightly obscure and a bit away from the mainstream so it's all great so yeah as I see it cold exposure has several layers of impact uh, one is physical and second is mental so on a physical level, first thing that comes to mind is actually mitochondrial biogenesis. All this means that we produce more and new mitochondria in our cells. And mitochondria are the powerhouse of our cells, so they produce energy. And the reason for this uh, effect with cold and mitochondria is that uh, mitochondria are able to create heat as byproduct of this energy production. So it just makes sense to have more mitochondria where when we're constantly exposed to cold environments. And interestingly enough, for in terms of performance and athletic performance, a uh, number of mitochondria per cell basis actually affects the aerobic capacity. So mitochondria gives this the, uh, us the ability to use oxygen in order to produce that cell, cellular energy. And uh, if we have more of them, it might be said that we might be able to be more adapted to this aerobic aerobic activities. 
So it just makes sense to use cold exposure if you are, uh, you know, running marathons or doing any long duration, steady state aerobic activities. Second thing that uh, is interesting that uh, it's all about inflammation. And uh, so cold exposure is known to reduce the inflammation in the body which is great. Uh, But in combination with resistance training and strength training, there's there's an inflammatory response uh, right after training and it peaks around one hour after after training. And uh, so this inflammatory response actually plays a role in tissue repair and also muscle hypertrophy and muscle growth. So we kind of need this response. And uh, so actually, if you do cold exposure in this hourly window after training, you might undermine certain benefits of having this small dose of of inflammation that leads to gains, pretty much. And um, this has been actually studies showing that, you know, cold exposure straight after strength training, uh, resistance training, reduced the adaptations and strength improvements. But there's been one study that showed that actually whole body cryotherapy one hour after plyometric training uh, created improvements in performance measures. Uh, I think it was 72 days afterwards or something like that. So it's so there can be benefits uh, from cold exposure and resistance training only if you have uh, most reasonably about an hour in between those two things. That's probably a rule of thumb how to go about strength training and cold exposure. Uh, the third thing that comes to mind in terms of physical benefits is um, all about norepinephrine. And norepinephrine is, um, is a neurotransmitter and a hormone that actually physiologically affects our brain. And uh, so it's involved in vigilance, attention, focus, mood. So this uh, secretion of this norepinephrine is mediated by sympathetic nervous system, uh, purpose of which is to stimulate that fight or flight response of our body to create that alert state in our body and our mind. And uh, interestingly enough, that uh, decrease in norepinephrine is associated with loss of focus and decrease in some cognitive ability. And it's been found that when norepinephrine is depleting people by pharmacological intervention, it causes depression. So there's that response you always have when you get out of cold shower or after a cold dip in a pond you want to pump your fist in there so that's the norepinephrine that uh, runs through our brain and uh, so it is fight or flight response this sympathetic response but we need that sympathetic response in a healthy dose to create alertness vigilance and and stay stay away from depression and all the other things that we are trying to avoid so there's clear benefits in terms of brain health and cold exposure. Um, another level for cold exposure, it's a kind of mental thing. And uh, from my experience, uh, it helps with practice, in a way, taking tough decisions and stepping into discomfort in some ways. Because every time going into cold exposure, going to even cold shower, it's a decision and you have to make that decision. So there's no one else in the shower to tell you to turn that knob to the cold. So there's that, there's that practice and making those decisions. 
Uh, and actually, people often ask me at the workshops, what is the difference between cold and heat? And uh, probably the best way to look at it for me is that it's never challenging to go into sauna or warm bath or hot bath. But there's always this choice that we have to make to step into a mountain river or or even the cold shower, you know. So there's always this uh, kind of training stimulus and this uh, simulated stress response that we can create in our bathrooms, in our in our showers, you know, or just going for a swim, and that gives opportunity to train. Obviously, heat is great, but there's not the same kind of mental aspect where you have to make that decision, you know. Uh, so it helps build basically mental resilience and ability to focus and make those decisions. And uh, especially in those moments when you are about to step in a cold, for me, I find the practice is about focusing and uh, and doing it mindfully and having that focus when it matters. So if you can pull yourself together and focus your mind just before stepping into cold water, I'm sure you'll be better equipped to do that uh, when you're about to do something at work or have an important meeting or have an important phone call. And um, also another way to kind of use the cold exposure for mental benefits is uh, learning to become more aware of the bodily responses uh, that are obviously created by our nervous system. And with time, we can actually learn to control these responses. So, yes, so everything is mediated by our nervous system and it governs all of the functions in our body. So, uh, and autonomous obviously means that it's not supposed to be influenced by our will. But if we practice, if we use tools like cold, we can actually learn to observe these, resp- observe these responses and learn how to actively influence them or, or choose to react or not to react. So that's probably the biggest benefits I see in terms of cold exposure, both for physical health and mental health. Cryotherapy, ice baths, the sea, cold showers, all of these are different forms of cold exposure. But is any one better than the other? For me, all of them are the same, but also different. So main thing about this practice of cold exposure is being mindful of the dose. Everything can be too much. And here, important distinction to understand is difference between de-stress and eustress. So de-stress meaning negative stress like poor gut health, injury, emotional stress, lack of sleep. Uh, eustress meaning positive stress like exercise, cold exposure, heat exposure, all of those things. And uh, so all of those things are stressors. And the main thing is listening to the body and not overdoing any of them. And uh, if you have the right dose, even of these stressors, it can be used to as it can be creating a hormetic response where it actually leads to adaptation and, and health improvements. And um, in terms of different modalities, after having done many ice baths, swims and icy rivers and mountains and, and climbing those mountains and wearing just board shorts, uh, cryotherapy doesn't produce as strong of a response for me in terms of that mood-boosting effect of norepinephrine and uh, and alertness, you know. Uh, but having said that, actually, cold water immersion is much more challenging, and it takes takes willpower to make the decision to go in. 
So depending on time, place and the state you're in, all of them have the place. And uh, if you're looking to get the physiological benefits but don't really want to suffer through the ice bath or through the cold swim, you can do cryotherapy, which is a totally valuable option and helps to create all of those positive responses in the body. And if you do want to have a bit of a mindful approach to this practice, you can go for swim at a calm place like ponds or, or even the sea. But also seas brings its own challenge. So it's all the same but different. And um, yeah, and also I believe you don't need to do extremes every single time. So if the water is not cold enough in your tap, you don't have to every time bring ice back buckets and, and, and add some ice. So it can be really just just the practice of even seasons and connecting with the environment around you and uh, different uh, states nature is in. So, if, for example, if you're going for a swim in the summer, just enjoy the way it is. And uh, it doesn't have to be always plus two degrees Celsius and freezing. So the benefits can be had also just from cold baths at home. It doesn't have to be freezing every time. So just listen to your body, take time and observe the responses. Uh, personally, in terms of this practice, I enjoy uh, still water. I enjoy ice baths uh, or ponds or actually chopping a hole in the ice uh, on a lake where I can actually touch the bottom and be in the moment without any distractions of paddling around or, or swimming around. That, that way I can be fully present and, and enjoy that experience being uh, in the present moment and, and using the cold as a pretty much ultimate training tool for the mind. And personally, I don't do it for cold endurance or adaptation purposes. I actually stop timing my immersions and I focus more on that present moment experience more than anything else uh, there's obviously different ways of doing it but for me it's more about the mindset and the way we can we can focus that mind and uh, feel that this very technical approach can distract from that and that's just my personal preference in terms of how i use the cold exposure and try to use it in a very mindful and slow way and uh, yeah cold is just one of those tools that i i can use for myself just like just like breath work, just like meditation, yoga, movement, all those things to cultivate that present moment awareness. And following on from that, is there a right way to get into ice baths or the sea? Are there general um, protocols that you'd follow? So going back to the reason why you're doing this, why are you practicing this cold exposure? So if it's for cold endurance or cold adaptation, or is it actually a mindfulness practice? So for cold endurance, you can time yourself, you can build protocols, use the intervals of cooling, rewarming, all that to speed up that adaptation and improve that ability to withstand the cold. But the question is why? You know, uh, Are you using it? For what purpose are you using this practice? For myself and uh, for myself personally, and when I also guide people through this experience, I want to first minimize that initial hesitation that comes with staring down into, you know, tub f full of ice water. And uh, so best is actually with ice baths, best is to immerse yourself in one go without much hesitation and, in, you know, immerse yourself up to collarbones and upper chest. And, uh, and actually, I believe more important is uh, how you get out of the cold, how you leave the cold more than how you get in 
because uh, I always urge people to slow down and way out and be mindful of of the experience and how how the body reacts and and actually have a sense of control and and choice in leaving the cold water. So I believe worst thing you can do is you know have a memory of of the cold experience as you curl up and and flee the water to get to your warm towel and and, and rewarm or get in the sauna. So I think if you can slow down a way out and actually be mindful of the process and 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 take some of the control or 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 feel like you're in control of this experience and 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 slow down the way out, slow down the rewarming process, slow down everything and and have the sense of control without necessarily overdoing the cold exposure and doing it for too long. And again going back to why are you doing this? Are you timing it? Are you are you doing it for the adaptation purpose or actually for, you know, health and, and mental health? And uh, having said that, actually, at the nice collective retreats that I lead together with a friend of mine, Martin Petrus, sometime during this week, we actually go to a cliff besides a mountain river and we jump in, which is challenging. And it's uh, just a different way of to deal with fears and and. and and ice and, and cold water and also noticing the limitations uh, that our mind puts on us. So interestingly enough, most people that go through this experience are, after taking this jump, say that it was easier than it felt at first. So cold exposure, I believe, is a good way to, you know, to observe ourselves and learn about how we react to certain stimuli and also certain situations like stressful situations. So yeah, so that's how I view uh, the practice of cold exposure. Breathwork appears to sit alongside cold exposure. Um, is it an absolute necessity to do breathwork before or after, or can you just simply get in? And if it is a necessity, what do you suggest people do? What protocols, breathing protocols, do you suggest? There are actually a few simple reasons that breathwork can help with the experience of cold. First, uh, it can help put you in uh, in that coherent state where the body and mind is centered. You Your mind is focused, alert, and at the same time, it's calm. So that is the space, that's the mental space you want to be in to, to experience the cold. Second, uh, physiologically, uh, breathwork can actually alter the pH levels of your body and increase of pH that comes with some of the breathwork exercise can actually help uh, with ability to tolerate pain and obviously pain can be part of the experience of going into icy water so you still will feel the cold but it will be less painful so there's a ways of uh, helping yourself by using the breath work uh, but when going into cold water actually the best is just to focus on long exhalations um, actually telling people to breathe or breathe deep doesn't really work and it doesn't work when someone is gasping for the air and it just makes things worse. Actually, if you just exhale, inhale will will just happen on its own. So so in the and in the exhale lies kind of our ability to stimulate that parasympathetic nervous system and to downregulate the heart rate. So that parasympathetic rest and digest state that we're looking for. Um so obviously cold water stimulates that fight or flight, that sympathetic state. And we actively are learning to control that state. And uh, and the best way to get there is through our exhales, through our calm, prolonged exhales. And another thing I wanted to mention is 
never do any hyperventilation techniques you have seen on YouTube uh, at, next to water. And it can be dangerous in the presence of water because you can faint. So do your breath work seated or lying down in a safe, comfortable place uh, and take a moment before going into the water. And when approaching the water, just focus on your long exhales and keep it calm and controlled uh, and controlled as possible. So, and enjoy that experience. That's it for me. Uh, hope this recording will help answer some questions that people might have about cold exposure and practice of it. And actually even more, I hope it will raise some more curiosity and more questions that will uh, will need further inquiry. So I believe all of us could benefit from simple practices that can help take care of our minds, take care of our bodies and be it breath work, meditation, yoga, movement, cold exposure, any of those are great. So keep on the practice and thank you. Thank you.